everybody. How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese coming to you today. Uh, coming off of a Memorial Day weekend. So first off, before we say anything else, thank you to all the men and women who have served our country. Uh, thank you to the ones who have sacrificed their lives to give us the freedom to do this um, and anything we want in this great country. Um, if you have uh, actually suffered a loss. You know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And once again, we do thank you uh, and your loved ones and anyone that has served this great country uh, for our freedom. Treese, anything else you want to add to that, man? I mean, that was perfectly said. I don't think I need to add anything else to it. Perfect. So we are coming into this episode today with quite the rundown due to the fact that, once again, the NFL doesn't sleep. There's still free agents out there. We got people going to different teams. Some free agents have signed. There's a discussion with the onside kick availability, uh, excuse me, or alternative that or alternate that is has been presented. It looks like facilities are starting to open back up. So that's pretty much what we're going to get into today on today's episode. But for sure... Like always, we're going to start with Tree Sivia. So, my man, what do you got for us? All right. So, we got a uh, player ABC's situation here, and we're going to just name off some stats, and we're going to try to figure out who they are and who you'd rather have. So, all of these stats are since the 2017 season. So, player A has a red zone passer rating of 112.9. Player B has a passer rating of 107.2. And player C has a 104 passer rating. All right. So moving on to the next stat, which is third down passer rating. Player A has 100. Player B has 105.2. And player C has 113.2. So the question is first, Austin, which player would you rather have leading your your team as a quarterback? Okay, so with player A, you're going to have a you, – you have the highest red zone passing percentage, which is good, but on third down, you're the lowest. B, you have the middle uh, – or you're second on the red zone, and you're also second in the you know third down situation. But then when you go to player C, in the red zone, you're the lowest, but on third down, you're the highest. So pretty much it really comes down to – Who's going to be more efficient on third down? And when you get in the red zone, how are they going to make it happen? Because when you get in the red zone, that's where teams just kind of they have to get, you know, a little bit more creative in their play calling or they just decide to hand the ball off and go from there. You know, sometimes you're throwing interceptions. Sometimes you're getting a good ball in the back of the end zone. Now, who these quarterbacks are going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't got a freaking clue. Uh, but looking off of this on who I want. I'm probably going to want the one that has the highest third down percentage because if you can keep the ball going on third down and keep driving down the field, to me, that's going to mean more than what you can't do in the red zone. That might sound a little silly to some people, but depending on what you have for the rest of your team, as long as we're down there on third down making it happen and we can get in the red zone and you've got a 104% chance of or a pass rating, I'll take that. But third down is where I think it matters most to me. what i'm sorry i was on mute <laughs> so <laughs> I, i'm just sitting here talking so you're gonna take player c yep okay awesome okay so let's just try to guess who these players are so player a who do you think this player is and i know you said you don't have a clue i'll give you some hints um a, a vet of all vets still playing does not retire yet 
Nope. And plays Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, no. Um, been on two teams in his career, one for a super long time. The team that he's on, he's been there for a super long time, has a Super Bowl. It's not Tom Brady. No, because he hasn't been on his team for a super long time. He's now been on that team for a couple months. But you said he's played for two teams, but the team that he's currently on, he's been for a while? Yep. And he's won a Super Bowl with them? Yep. Fudge. Um, okay, I'm trying to go by division here in my head. NFC team. And they just recently won a Super Bowl? I wouldn't say recently, but he has a Super Bowl. Oh, fuck me. Um, yeah, I know I know you're going to tell me the name, and I'm going to be like, oh, duh. Drew Brees. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, yep, Drew Brees. Yep, okay, makes yep, sense. I'll do it. Okay. All right, player B. Who do you think player B is? Let's just say, like, Phillip Rivers. It is not Phillip Rivers. Is it going to be a younger quarterback? Yeah, he's pretty young. Uh, Dak Prescott. No. Kyler Murray. No. Deshaun Watson. No. Patrick Mahomes. No. Josh Allen. Nope. Too young. Too young. Baker Mayfield. Too young. That same draft class, duh. Um. So why didn't you say too young with Kyler Murray? <laughs> Because you started just going young, so I'm just yeah. trying to tell you to go higher. Carson Wentz. Yes. Okay. And then C. And C. Who is C? Dak Prescott. No. Damn it. Where is he at? Let's get some hints here. Um, he's been on one team in his career. Um, he's been very successful. Um, and he, um, he's in his third year. He's, he just played his third year. Is that Patrick Mahomes? It's Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I mean, you know, you're going to try and pull a fast one on me, but Hey, you know, I'm going to, that's, that's funny actually. Cause I had no idea. <laughs> I knew you didn't. Um, and I honestly thought you were going to take the Wentz. I really did. I thought you'd be like, ah, you want to know what second in both of them? Uh, consistent. So I thought you were, you were going to take the Wentz stats. You know, I honestly, I was thinking that. Like, it was like, ah, you get both of both, you know, best of both worlds. You're kind of there, you're kind of not. But when it comes to that third down, you know, you got to make something happen. And by golly, Patrick Mahomes does just that. So He, he does. So I don't like the, how much shit you got for the whole Carson Wentz thing on Mike Depp. You know, that's just about how that freaking show goes now, I guess. I'm getting, I am getting kind of frustrated that every time I say something, it gets questioned, and I just got to be like, bruh. But I, that's part of it. That's the beauty of it. It is. Uh, you can't agree on everything. I mean, it might be nice to agree on some things, but apparently not. Uh, I, I do like Carson Wentz, so I think he's going to have a good year next year. I felt fully confident on what I said about Carson Wentz and my points – um, and my point of view with that as well, I and I even tweeted it. There's something I'm, that's the hill I'm willing to die on. Carson Wentz is going to be an MVP candidate next year. He is going to be discussed at a high level next season. Uh, his receiving core, they've got to be better than they were last year. I mean, yeah. you're, 
hopefully that team is healthier than it was last year. Hopefully yeah. Carson Wentz doesn't get a cheap shot at the end of the year and it knocks him out of the game. Exactly. So like I've been on the Carson Wentz train for a while, which you know, but like so I'm I'm all for you being on this. Guy had over 4,000 passing yards last year and he didn't have a wide receiver with like over 600 yards. No. Like it was it was just dude, he had Greg Ward who was a college quarterback as his number 1 wide receiver last year for the final I don't know, four or five weeks, and he was the hottest. He was the hottest quarterback going into the playoffs last year. It was crazy. So I'm with you. I think he's gonna have an awesome year. So I'm all for it. We can. Uh, we were the Bills. The Bills crew last year. This year, we're just the Carson Wentz crew. I'm good with That's it. That's fine. Fine with it. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier. Team's able to go to the facilities today uh, on a vo- voluntary basis. They had to make sure that that was clear that uh, players had to voluntarily go. It was not mandatory or anything like that. Um, so there's a lot of restrictions of what you can and cannot do, but it's cool to start seeing some of the guys go there and kind of make their way back into it and makes you really feel like, yeah, football is going to happen this year. So yeah, super exciting. It, it is, like you said, very exciting. Um, it's nice to kind of see the world get back to a normal side a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people are still very hesitant about getting out and about. Uh, you've probably seen the video going viral over this past weekend for Lake of the Ozarks um, at their little lakeside, poolside type club called Coconuts. Um, I believe that's where it was at, uh, so excuse me if that's wrong. But a ton of people there. I mean, there was just a shitload of people at the lakes this weekend, it is kind of going to be expected. You know, you can try and do the social distancing aspect, but people have been locked up in their homes for a long time. This is usually about the first weekend that everyone gets out to the lake anyways, as it is to start the summer, to start the year off. It's an exciting time. And after being locked up, there's probably a lot more people itching to get out to the lake this weekend. Uh, So kind of, you know, going back to the main point here, I'm sure some of these players are itching to get back in the facility to see their teammates, to kind of, get back to a normal life, get more into a routine of what things are instead of just being inside the house and having to do home workouts and, you know, being there all the time. Maybe they're enjoying the opportunity to get out a little bit and really just kind of see how everything is, see how everyone else is doing and just catch up. So to me, uh, pretty excited to see that everyone is getting back to the facilities. And like you said, Trees, the opportunity for football to be here next season uh, is just getting more and more real, which is awesome. Now, hopefully we can just get to a point where we're allowed to go to games because it's going to be hard to watch football and not see a crowd. Yeah, it will be. Like It, it will be hard, but also I think I could get used to it as well. I really, I really do. Like, I, I guess I just don't pay that much attention to the crowd. Like when you're watching on TV, mm-hmm. so obviously, um, it, it'll be different for sure. But, um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm okay with them coming up with some sort of structure of not at not as many fans in there to play it safe. Um, and that, but not an empty stadium. I don't want an empty stadium. But like, if they figure out a way of even if it's every other seat type thing where maybe it's only at half capacity. I actually think I'm okay with that this year, Um, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to find out. So, um, and I know I'm in the minority there. It was like, no, I want crowded. And I get it. Like I'd rather that as well, but I'm just saying I'm okay with it. So, Mm -hmm. um, okay. So moving on to some signings that happened over the last week. 
Carlos Hyde ended up going to Seattle after Devontae Freeman basically said no uh, to his one-year $4 million offer. Uh, Joe Flacco to the Jets. And then there's just some drama going on with Jamal Adams. If he's going to be with the Jets, is he not going to be with the Jets? And then Freeman, there was reports that he might retire. And then he came out and said, I'm not retiring. I can play for 10 more years. Fuck all y'all, I believe <laughs> is the quote. Um, so, like you said, never a dull moment in you know the world of the NFL. Um, it's very interesting to see how teams, I think, are like – with Devontae Freeman, I know he's had an injury history the last couple of years, but still a pretty good player and like a guy that could be a very good number two. But like teams are just like, ah, we're not going to pay vets. Like I'm good without him. I think Hyde is a, a special case because one, uh, Carson is always hurt. And then Hyde also ran for a thousand yards last year in Houston. So kind of a different story there. Um, so what are your thoughts about some of these signings and the drama going on? So I really like Carlos Hyde to Seattle. Uh, this is just an opportunity for him to kind of keep building on the success that he had last year. Uh, Seattle, we we are aware that they are a run-heavy type team, and you get a three-headed monster there, and to add Carlos Hyde to that mix, uh, I think they're going to have a lot of good there, especially if Marshawn Lynch decides to come back. Uh, I know there was discussions of him potentially doing that with Seattle. So let's say that does happen. You're going to have four decently productive running backs in your offense to go along with Russell Wilson and that receiving core that you've built. Uh, your offensive line has gotten decently better, but you're, it's still them. Uh, Flacco to the Jets. I don't really know if I have any exact thoughts on that. I guess this is good. I don't know how much this helps Sam Darnold. Maybe it doesn't. It just gives them a veteran backup because Sam Darnold might be at a point where he just needs weapons. He just needs people to help make it happen with um, and ultimately just stay healthy and stop making out with the girls in New York. I'm sure that's hard to do with you being QB1 for a football team and the amount of pretty girls that are probably roaming around that city. Uh, Deontay Freeman, though, that's one that caught me off guard because I just don't get how you are in a position to say – to act like that and say you would be willing to take a year off or hold off for a year. Have you not watched the last couple years where running backs that thought highly of themselves would get a good deal and – ultimately didn't i don't know how this helps you because i don't is maybe i'm wrong here has he done much to even get this type of recognition or deserve that type of pay of whatever he's looking for i mean where does this guy kind of just get off with this mindset of like fuck y'all i can be gone for a year was he used that much in atlanta where they were just kind of like uh can we afford him or do we just really not want to try and afford him yeah i mean the guy hasn't had a really good year since 2016. So the last two years he's been beat up. The year before that wasn't as good. The year before that is when he uh, had the big year and then he got paid. And that's when they chose to basically keep Freeman over Coleman. Like they let Coleman yep. obviously play out his contract, but like by paying Freeman, they were just like, all right, Freeman's our guy. Coleman, we can let walk. And then obviously he ends up in San Francisco. So no. He doesn't. He doesn't have the talent. I don't understand why he's doing that. Um, maybe it's not so much about the money, and maybe it really was about him thinking, "Hey, Carson's going to be the guy, anyways." So I want to. I want to go somewhere where I may have a chance to, you know, be the guy. But again, Carson's injury prone, so he probably had a chance there. Penny, obviously coming off of the torn ACL, he's probably going to start off the year on pup list. So um, honestly, it was a very good fit in my opinion there, but. 
Uh, hey, I'm not his agent, so we'll go from yep. there. Um, all right, let's talk about the onside kick uh, al- um, alternative. Um, so what are your thoughts? So you, I know that you love – you probably like this because you have a guy that can convert fourth and 15 um, kind of with his eyes closed. So what are your thoughts on this idea? And for those of you who don't know, maybe I should be more specific here. Um, after you score, if you were the losing team – uh, in the fourth quarter, you have an opportunity, instead of doing an onside kick, you can go for a fourth and 15. If you get it, then you get the ball on your own 25-yard line. So mine, it did. I heard it didn't even matter if it was the fourth quarter. You can just do it at any point in the game, but you can only do it twice. Oh, I thought it was the second. I thought that I said the fourth quarter. I know that, but I thought it was the second half. But maybe I maybe I misread that. Hey, that keeps it interesting. But, I mean, you know, teams are definitely going to keep it towards the end of the game just in case you get there. You're not going to score a touchdown and be like, fuck it, fourth and 15, let's roll with it. Yeah. Um, I do like it. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, we don't like this idea because it's going to make it more of an offensive-type game for the NFL, but that's kind of where things are heading anyways. And fourth and 15, it's not like that's an easy thing to do. Huh. I mean, you, you have to create time. You have to have time to get your guys down the field. Uh, people got to get separation. Even if you do throw a short route, you got to hope someone makes a, a couple guys miss on a tackle for you to at least be close to that. But I am comfortable with it with having Patrick Mahomes on an offense and that receiving core being used to what Andy Reid likes to call and run in those type of situations. It's something they work on in training camp. It's something that they're all pretty vocal about. Um, you, if you're a receiver in this offense, you have to know every position. Like you have to know the playbook inside and out because if you're asked to do something, by golly, you better be able to do it. Not only because of Andy Reid's your coach, but because you're probably going to get the ball from Patrick Mahomes because you never know what that son of a gun's going to do with it. But he's going to make something happen if it's in fourth and 15 to help you win the game. Man, you better know what you're doing and you better catch the ball. So for me, as a Chiefs fan, I love the idea. Because onside kicks, I mean, how often are we getting that? The kicker for the Falcons figured out a way last year. You're telling me special teams coaches aren't looking at that, telling someone to be like, all right, hey, just step here and catch the fucking ball, uh, and this does no, and this no longer works. Yeah. I just The onside is cool, but it's just not happening. I wish it was more – we just need more excitement in those type of plays instead of like a – and most likely just not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say it. I think it hurts, you know, some teams. Uh, like, let's say the uh, Ravens, for example. Honestly, I bet they would rather just say, we'll risk it an onside kick with Justin Tucker than try to get fifteen a fourth and 15, even though I know we have Lamar Jackson. He's fantastic. But, and I do know that they had big plays, but a lot of that is like, he scrambles out and then he he off of a broken play. When a team knows it's fourth and fifteen, it's a it's a bit different. So um, I could see other teams honestly rather just taking the chance on an onside kick. Um, it'd be interesting to watch though. It would be super exciting to like your team scores. You're like okay, offense, get back out there. You're hot. Mm-hmm. Let's get one more play. I as a fan, it's going to be very exciting. I will say that. Um, I think run-heavy teams, it's they'll struggle on this. Um, yep. And like you said, fourth and fifteen is not an easy thing to do, which is why they're doing it, right? It's not. It can't just be this easy thing to get the ball back. So um, I do love that you can only do it a couple times a game, though. I think that's fantastic. Try to really cut that down, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Pass rush, 
those guys are about to get paid even more now. If they have a couple more opportunities to make big plays, um, that'll be huge for them. So uh, speaking of pass rush, we're going to go into some free agents that are still available. And we'll start off with what a lot of people thought was the number one free agent in all of free agency starting the offseason. Um, if not number one, at least the top three to four. Uh, and that's Jadavion Clowney, still unsigned. Um, at this point, like you kind of get it. Like, do you just like wait until things calm down with COVID and you figure out like where teams are at? I mean, that's probably what I would do at this point as well. But also, there's a lot been a lot of teams that and front offices that have had time to sit down and think and make an offer that he probably should accept. So, mm-hmm. my thought is. Not is Clowney missing out on the opportunity. Is a is a front office missing out on an opportunity during this dead time to mm-hmm. sign him? Uh, obviously, he wanted 20 million. Report is he got offered 17 at the start, said no, and now it's all the way down to between that 10 to 12 million is what people are offering. So if somebody offered him 13, 14 million, even if it's a one-year deal, would he take it? And how big of a difference is that for any team? So if you want to talk about a team missing out, I think it's the Jets or the Giants. Like both those teams need, you know, significant pass rush, consistent pass rush. Um, but that's kind of been the knock on Clowney is he takes plays off and he only plays when he knows it's important and he, he needs to make a play. It's not every time. But I feel like if you're one of those organizations and you need that and you see this top level free type free agent sitting there who's not going to get anywhere near the money that he's asking for. Why not just kind of slide that his way and say, hey, would you want to come make something work here? Or is Clowney really just kind of looking for a contender? Is he one a contender type team to give him that money? Now, which team that is, I personally don't know or who it would be because a lot of these teams that are in a position to contend might not need the services of Jadeveon Clowney. So I don't I guess I don't know what he would be looking for or what situation is going to be best for him. I would prefer that he just stay in Seattle because I think I think things went well there for him. But, dude, at the same time, that's just a giant question mark. It's a giant question mark on the entire situation. And I guess you can say the same thing beside, uh, with Logan Ryan. Is it his age? I don't think so. He's 27, 28 years old, still hasn't been signed, played with the Patriots, played with the Titans, had success. Plenty of teams out there that need a corner. Is he wanting too much money? Is he wanting to be on a particular team? Is he wanting to win? Is he wanting to just not give a shit and just lose and but get paid? That's my question, Logan Ryan, because I don't. He's the one guy that I don't understand on why he's not signed yet. Yeah, me too. So I, Logan Ryan got paid when he went to Tennessee. So I think it is strictly he wants to figure out what team is needs a cornerback that is going to be competing for a championship. We obviously know your team, the chiefs is probably one of them. Uh, But is it, I know that you guys are really strapped on cap space right now. So he's probably not looking for veteran minimum, but he probably will is willing to take a discount. So um, it's funny because both of these guys that we've talked about are guys that I could see fitting in two teams, Philadelphia and Seattle. I think both of these guys could fit in both of those games. And I know that the Saints are still there. Uh, I know some people like Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm not fully bought into that yet. But those are my top two teams in the NFC right now. 
And so I think that if you can make a difference by signing one of these two out of Philadelphia or Seattle, you you should because I think that those two teams are just neck and neck with the Saints on who is going to be that number one seed. And I think the uh, Vikings are still going to be close. Packers could probably still be close. Um, and obviously the Niners, who were the representatives in the NFC for the Super Bowl. I just think that the – I think the – Seattle Seahawks are just going to be better than the Niners this year. I think they're going to be healthy, which they weren't at the end of last year. And um, I mean, Carson, missing Carson was a huge deal, even though they brought back Lynch. And I think that that could have been the deciding factor between that inch. That was the separation of winning that division last year. Let's not forget yeah. that. So um, I think that Clowney would be a huge, a huge ad for Seattle just to keep him. And like you said, keep that defensive line basically intact from what it was last year. Yep. Uh, let's get into the next couple. Jason Peters and Eli Apple. Uh, Jason Peters, I think, bottom line, he's just old. I yep. don't know what teams are wanting to invest in an older left tackle. Yeah, there are teams that are going to need one, but his situation might just kind of be waiting through training camp. If someone gets hurt, hey, let's bring in Jason Peters. Hopefully he does not. And a similar situation might be there with Eli Apple, you know, who's not as old, but kind of in a position in his career where I guess some people are just going to be like, I guess we'll just wait till we're desperate and we need someone or we'll wait till all this kind of clears up and we'll see what we have, see what people have developed, what progression or regression has been made, and then we can give him a call. But really, that's going to be it with those two, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. So Eli Apple is actually one of those players that um, I believe he signed with the Raiders and then they backed out because they couldn't end up not being able to get a deal done where it was announced that he signed and they agreed, but then... Uh, when they got into the nitty gritty of the contract, just like Dark Quiz Denard, who is next on our list, those two guys, Denard was with the Jags and then just couldn't get it settled. So, uh, Denard is actually very surprising to me just because he's such a good slot corner, and slot corners are just prime right now. So it's a little yeah. surprising to me that he hasn't signed, and maybe just because he's expecting the deal that the Jags got or gave him just with a little bit tweaked on the contract and nobody else has given him what the Jags were actually giving him. So, um, Hey, it turned out. All right. I think the Jags, I don't know if the Jags would have went after CJ Henderson if they signed, if Denard would have stayed signed. So, uh, I'm actually fine with it, but it's interesting that he's still there. And then another pass rusher slash linebacker, uh, Marcus golden. Uh, he's probably a dude that I could see going back to the giants and just, um, you know, going back to what he knows on another one year deal. I think that would probably make the most sense for him. Uh, so that pretty much is going to wrap it up on the top free agents remaining. Trish, why don't you go ahead and lead us into this next one, dude? Yeah. So we're I, I was just sitting here just looking at contracts and just wanted to talk about just some contracts. Who's getting overpaid? Who's getting underpaid? So on and so forth. So what brought this up to me was actually looking at Aaron Jones. So kind of wanted to figure out, like, because I know he's a free agent after this year. I was like, oh, he would be an awesome fit for the Jags if they end up leaving Fournette and not drafting a running back next year and want to sign on free agency. And I was like, man, he's getting way underpaid this year. And so he's getting paid like $2 million this year. So um, just kind of wanted to see like what what who are some players that are getting way overpaid? Who are some guys that are not? So obviously we'll start off with running back just because that's where I was starting. Um, guys like David Johnson, a top three paid running back can't believe that even after christian mccaffrey's new deal he's still like his overall contracts makes him the highest paid but for this year specifically 
he's still like around 10th overall in paid running backs. And that's mainly because of guaranteed money is where it's where he's getting paid this year. So that's interesting to me. Um, Todd Gurley with getting paid from the Rams and from the Falcons is crazy because he's on this list twice. Uh, Tevin Coleman. You start to wonder about guys like Tevin Coleman on, and I know that they got rid of Brita, but what are your thoughts there? Because they have McKinnon coming back. You have Tevin Coleman. You obviously have Mostert. Like, what do the Niners do here? Um, because they're going to have to eventually release one of these guys. And I think in the end, it's probably going to be Brita, and it might even be after the June 1st deadline, which is here in less than a week. Um, but what are your thoughts there on what the Niners are going to do specifically with this basically three-headed monster that they have? And let's not forget about uh, Josh Wilson, who's also a very good player. Yeah, so I think Josh Wilson's kind of the reason why the question mark is, what do we do with the rest of them? Because you're paying you know, Tevin Coleman, but with Brita, he's done enough to kind of make himself trade-worthy. You know, Coleman gets injured last year, so we don't get to see that full production from him coming over in his first year with them. Or it's a, He got hurt back-to-back years, correct? McKinnon is who you're talking McKinnon. about. McKinnon. Yeah. So, I shoot, he might be out the door as well. Um, yeah. So that really just kind of comes into question on which guy can they rely on the most. Um, Mostert still there is – I dude, they have a huge decision to make. Uh, in my mind, you probably just move on from Brita and Coleman, uh, maybe even McKinnon, or you keep one of them. Maybe you keep so, Coleman and go Mostert and McKinnon – or yeah. Mostert and uh, Coleman. Yeah. 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 Because Brita's already traded, right? Because Brita got traded during the draft. So. Yeah. 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 So you got so you got McKinnon there. I think McKinnon is probably the guy on the outside looking in, like you were just saying, because I think that Josh Wilson is just so good on special teams. And then yeah, you go with Mostert as the number one, and you go with Tevin Coleman as your change of pace back. And then if one of those two get hurt, then you bring in Josh uh, Wilson. So I, I totally agree with you there. Um, let's see. Let's look in through here. Looking at other guys getting paid, and let's just talk about Kareem Hunt here. So this is one that's like super intriguing to me of he's too talented for the Browns to keep off the field. But you can't take Nick Chubb off the field because he's way too talented. So I'm very interested to see what they do there to have a two-headed monster there where they're both playing and on the field at the same time. Because that's the only way that you're going to get the full value of those players. I mean, dude, it's crazy to think about, but they're probably going to have to trade Hunt. Like, it's going to be hard to use both of them effectively or they're both happy with their production. Because, I mean, some of the – a couple of the best running backs at the position you have on the same roster, yes, because someone made um, a mistake – a, co- a poor judgment decision on a reaction, um, uncalled for behavior there. But I mean, maybe he has cleared that enough and does well enough here that it, they get a trade value for him. But to where, that's a question mark. What team is going to want to trade for that, deal with the PR backlash that's going to come with it, but then decide, you know what, let's ultimately pay this guy as our future back as well. Because, I mean, he's proven the ability to go, hey, I can be the best player on this offense uh, when presented, when needed. I mean, we saw that in Kansas City very well. And 
shoot, he kind of started doing it with the Browns last year when he came in at the later in the year. He takes off this year and does it again. Dude, who knows? I mean, does it get crazy and they go, let's pay both of these guys and move on for receivers and we'll just be a run-heavy team? Or do they ultimately trade Kareem Hunt? Because I don't think they move on from Chubb. I mean, that's the guy no. that they drafted, brought in-house. But with Hunt, who trades for that? Yeah, exactly, right? Like it's, And it's just because of his background. It's not because of the talent, and it's not because of the contract. That's for sure, because it's great. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you got to wonder, because like they have to have a game plan there with them putting the tenure on him. So we'll see what goes happens there. It's going to be interesting. Um, moving on to some wide receivers, just talking about some contracts that are just like, that caught my eye. So... Um, the Chiefs having two of the top five highest paid wide receivers this year caught my eye. Um, and that's just because of Sammy Watkins. Yeah. So, um, a bit interesting there with you guys. So strapped with cash, it's interesting that you got two of the top five, especially with one of them being Sammy Watkins. So, and obviously they, they brought him back for a reason. They have a plan with him. So he's not going anywhere. They're going to just go into the year knowing that they got these two. And I mean, pretty safe to say that Watkins will not be on the team in 2021. It's a one-year deal of like, let's let's try to get another Super Bowl and keep this offense together. Exactly. Um, I mean, there's not much more I can add to that. Same, like, I'm surprised, or I, not surprised. I guess I just didn't realize that Tyreek was going to be making more than him this year. Uh, with the way that contract came out, but they did get Tyree Kill on a discount. They did. Uh, with that, if this discount is the Sammy Watkins deal, like it kind of works out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. No, it kind of makes it even. So, yeah, I totally yeah. agree there. Uh, I hate the Alshon Jeffrey ones in the top seven. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like Alshon Jeffrey getting paid just over 15 mil. Man, that is bad for the Eagles. They got to get rid of that contract at some point. But also, they couldn't get rid of him because they don't have any other wide receivers. So they need they need that on their roster. So it's one of those you have to bite the bullet there. Um, I actually didn't know that Jarvis Landry was going to be making more than Odell this year. Only by that's uh, what I was about to say, and more than DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So that's why DeAndre Hopkins wanted out of. Houston, though, was because his, his contract was so bad. So I'm sure that this one will be, by the time the season starts, I think Hopkins will be up towards the top. Um, but yeah, Landry, and it's just because of where he's at is in his deal compared to Odell. Odell will be passing him next year um, for most money there. Uh, Stefan Diggs is down there around 15 to 20. He's going to be going up because I'm sure the Bills will be, after signing or st- trading away a first round pick, they're going to be getting up there to trade uh, or to sign him. Just trying to look through everybody else, just looking through some big-name guys that are actually— John Brown for the Bills making more than Julian Edelman, more than Desha- like Robert, making more than Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks and Robbie Anderson. That's kind of surprising to me. Yeah, that is very surprising. Uh, let's Dang, see way ba- to go, Brown. Way to go, Smokey Brown. Get that money, boy. Exactly. Man, Cordell Patterson making— over five million this year Dude, that guy's made some good money in his career for being a gadget player that literally doesn't do much for a player that had a kick return that looked cool due to the camera angle yeah he's having a good career yeah absolutely uh danny amendola still doing good there I, that guy's just like 
Mr. Reliable, always around. I I still remember when he was like the shit with the St. Louis Rams. Yes. Like, he was so good. He was like the first one of like actually like that was like during the Wes Welker days where it was like, man, is Amendola actually better than Wes Welker? Yep. Um, just for like the what he was getting out of his quarterback play compared to what uh Welker was. Um some other guys that are getting oh, so actually this is one guy that sorry, and this is kind of putting you on the spot here. So there's a lot of rumors about Juju Smith-Schuster than the Steelers not wanting him back next year. And we haven't really talked about it much. So, what? yeah. So I find it that very odd, first off. And and I get it. They they do have some other talented guys. Uh, they love Johnson. They just drafted Claypool. They have Washington. And they're afraid that Schuster, uh, Smith-Schuster is going to just want way too much money. And so, to me, it's weird, though, because Juju had obviously an amazing year two years ago. A lot of people say it's because Antonio Brown was on the other side. They're like, see, last year he didn't. But he had Big Ben for, what, a half of a game last year? Maybe yeah. a full game? So, let's let's wait till this year. I think Juju is primed for, like, a 75-catch, I don't know, 1,100-yard type season like i think that he's going to be back to like everybody can consider him as a top 15 wide receiver in the nfl i mean i don't see why he wouldn't but i don't i mean if you're the steelers why do you move on from that yeah that's my big thing like you you have this talent especially if johnson takes a step and if claypool becomes claypool becomes the guy you want that's a three-headed monster right there that's awesome and then you have pass catching running backs um, they drafted McFarland this year, who's probably going to end up taking James Connors place. Cause James Connors is a free agent and it looks like they're going to wa- let him go. It'd be a hard pill to swallow to watch James Connor and Juju walk two yep. years after you watched Le'Veon Bell and, uh, AB Antonio Brown. Walk. Yeah. You know, like, cause you're like, Hey, we're letting them walk because of these two. And then two <laughs> years later, you let those guys walk. And I, I'm, I mean, the front office of the Steelers is fantastic, and I'm, I have no doubt that they would go and find other talent. But like, at some point, you're gonna miss, and then you're gonna be like, shit, what did we do? Yeah, because you're gonna be at a point where you don't have your franchise quarterback. You might have just lost a star receiver, and you're losing a, your starting running back. Like that could all very much happen next year if Big Ben decides to retire and those guys move on. Exactly. It's a totally different era for the first time in like. 20 or 15 years for Pittsburgh. Yeah. What year was that? 2013. Yeah, that's like 18 years. They got drafted in 03, right? So. Was it 03? Was Big so. Ben in 03 or was he 04? Whatever year Eli was. Eli and them were. I can't remember if it was 03 or 04. Still, though, that's just Still freaking young. crazy. Yeah. All right. And then we'll move on to one last thing before we let you guys head off for the week. Um, quarterbacks so contracts obviously quarterbacks are getting paid a ton nowadays and so it's it's always fun to look and see who's getting paid the most that year because we all know in the big news of like oh these guys are getting paid the most ever but that doesn't mean they're getting paid the most every single year so for example jimmy g getting paid the third most this or sorry fourth most this year jared goff third most so on and so forth uh guys that caught my eye Derek Carr in the top 10, 
Alex Smith just outside the top 10. Yeah. And then right after that, Jacoby Brissett. So those are like top 12 guys that you all, all are getting paid over $21 million this year. That's freaking absurd. Like looking at this, this probably isn't good camera work here. If you're watching on YouTube, but <laughs> it's just nuts. Like it literally goes <laughs> Tom Brady, big Ben, Drew Brees, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Alex Smith, Jacoby Brissett, Matthew Stafford, and then Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, and then Mitchell Trubisky, and so on and so forth. Patrick Mahomes is making $5 million. Tua Tungabailoa is making more than him this year. Yeah. Dude, seeing Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes down that far. Taysom is, Hill is making more than Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he is. AJ McCarron is making $400,000 less than Deshaun Watson. Backing him up. Being his backup. <laughs> that is unreal. It really is. Lamar Jackson is even way more down that. He's another like yeah. seven or eight spots down there. Man, it's crazy to see. Drew Locke is even further down. Drew Locke making $1.5 million this year. The Chiefs backups make Chad Henney's making more than him. Yeah. Obviously, he was a six-round pick, but Gardner Minshew not even making three-fourths of a mil. He's making $722,000 this year. Where's he at? Way down, dude. 722. Oh, man. Jacob Eason is making more than him. Yeah, it's because he was a third round pick. Nick Mullins is making more than him. Yeah, I think Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly with the Colts. The guy (laughs) who played with the Broncos walked in in a random house after a Halloween party in Denver goes, I'll make more than him. Dude. That is nuts. Garrett Gilbert for the Browns. Garrett Gilbert making more than he's him. He's in the NFL? I didn't even fucking know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he was in the XFL, right? Oh, my gosh. So so Jags actually have two quarterbacks making more than him. So Mike Glennon is, and so is their, the guy they drafted in uh, Luton. So, and that's just because they both were drafted. Luton was drafted before the sixth round and then, uh, or before the point that Minshew was. And then they signed Mike Glennon as a just a vet backup who's still less than a million dollars. Dude, they're only spending. They have Joshua Dobbs too. Yeah, and Dobbs. So they're spending, I think they're only spending like less than $4 million on all four of their quarterbacks this year. That is absolutely absurd. It really is. It's fun to like go and really see like who's making money that like you are worth this much money, and who is. I mean, not. you're worth as much as someone's willing to pay you. I've always heard that, and I wholeheartedly believe it. But like, yikes, bro. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Who's I mean, that makes sense, but it, that one does make sense to me. It's just because he's been in the league. I mean, he's making more than Nick Foles. Yeah, after Nick Foles restructured his contract. What a guy. What a nice guy. We'll I mean, do that. Th- and that's strictly because the Jags have already paid him his $18 million this year. <laughs> so that's just, not going the one it. that really gets me is Ryan Tannehill over Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. 
Matt I know Rogers. he just got a new deal, but I mean, yeah. Oh. But still, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, who did you say? Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Cousins, Ryan Wentz. Yep. All of those guys, for sure. I totally agree there. Those five should not be ahead of those five. Jared Goff being up that high after last year. <laughs> hate to see that. Hate to see that. Man, Damn. if they if they released Goff after this year. Or, I mean, before this year, which they're not going to, but if they would have, it was something crazy. Like, four, like 30, 40% of their budget would have been going to him and Gurley, who are no longer on their roster. I think this is, I think they got Jared Goff one more year. Like, this is the year for Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. And we, you might be able to throw Derek Carr on that list as well on being valuable enough to keep for the next year. I mean, look, I, I I like this game. Let's figure out, let, let's go through some guys and say make or break years. So let's just name them. Goff is one of them for sure. Yep. Jimmy G is one for sure. Yep. Um, Derek Carr. Is Stafford on that list? No, just because I, I just don't feel like they've put enough around him. It means shit. Fuck, but maybe they have. Get a new GM, get a new GM, new head coach. He can be put there with an asterisk next to it. Okay. All right. Um, is Teddy Bridgewater on that list, even though he just got a new deal with a new team? I mean, yeah. I like I've been saying. I think they're the worst team in football next year. They're record-wise, maybe not team-wise, record-wise, probably the worst. Okay. Uh, you said Baker Mayfield, which I agree. What about Mitchell this one? Trubisky. Yeah, I've already. I actually have already put him as he's already lost it. Yeah. I think Nick Foles <laughs> wins that job already. What about Sam Darnold? No, because new coach. You got sick last year. No offensive line. Your best Crowder. Your best receiver is Crowder. Yep. Like that, nah, bruh. I agree. I was just curious on what your thoughts. Yep. Um. And I don't think this, but I'm going to just name it because of the hype around this team. What if the Bills shit the bed? Is Josh Allen on the hot seat? No. Okay. I think he's legitimately going to be their franchise quarterback. Like, I think Buffalo Mafia loves Josh Allen. Yeah. So, I agree. But I also could see people really putting heat on him after this year if they shit the bed and they don't do what everybody expects them to do after what he did in the playoffs last year and then an unsuccessful season i could see some heat on him there um i think that's really about it though so we have like what we named about five guys about five guys that really this is their make or break year with a few that could go either way yep um yeah, I'm not really seeing anyone else on here. Yeah, everybody else I think is backups. That Patrick Mahomes guy probably is a make or break year. Um, yeah, oh. it's pretty much just going to be like, do we give him a blank check or do we give him 200? Like, nah, he's up there. One to another guy? Dwayne Haskins. Yep, yep. I just kind of thought that was. Just. I don't know, though. He might just come in and light it up a full he year could. as a starter. Let's go. He could. He could. I think. I think if he does if he does not show any improvement though he'll be gone. But I actually could see if he makes some improvement they'll be like, okay let's give him one more year. So, all right, cool. 
I think that does it for just guys that are getting, you know, interested in how much they're getting paid for what value they are actually bringing to their roster. So that that was a fun little thing to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. So that does it for today's episode. Um, you can always find us on Twitter. You can find me at Justin Treese and Austin at Austin Cham 33. Um, and you can also find some of his writing at at Miked Up. At Miked Up, or yeah. So the Twitter handle is going to be at Miked Up 1013. The website is MikedUp1013.com. There you go. Perfect. All right. Cool. That does it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys. And tonight we've been talking football. Thank you.